Hi, welcome to what is a very special Sunday in our calendar at Family Church. This is our Vision Sunday. Normally Vision Sunday happens at the first part of January, but this year we've moved it to the latter part of January just to enable people to get into 2022 correctly and be ready and set for all the things that we believe God is expecting of us in this coming year. You know, when we look back on 2021, again, it was an unprecedented time, an unprecedented season, but it was a year where we were able to have a lot of success and effect for the kingdom of God. It was a year of getting things open again as we came out of what we'd known in 2020 and 2021. We were busy getting things open, getting things strong again, our services, our meetings, our youth, other projects that we were involved in. And I just want to say a big thank you to everyone across our congregations that served so passionately, so hard to enable us to bring what we are as a church back to what I believe was incredible strength. It was also a year where I was very thankful for the increased impact that we were able to have with people who were in a time of need, not just in our church, but in our communities, the communities that surround our church. It was an incredible year for Caring Hands and Baby Basics and other projects that we do that really brought natural daily provision into the lives of people in a time of need. Also able to introduce them into the God who loves them and cares for them in a very real way. This Sunday is when we take a moment in Family Church across the congregations to stop and look at the vision of what we want to be the theme or what we concentrate on moving forward in the year. Now, as you know, we're in this incredible moment of 31 days of breakthrough. I love what God's doing in that. We're going to be moving in February into 10 days of fasting. Why are we putting so much effort into prayer and fasting at the beginning of this year? Because we believe that 2022 is going to be a massive year. It's going to be an incredible year where God does incredible things with us and through us. Now, when we look at vision, vision so important. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says that where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, things perish or go round in meaningless circles. We never want to, as a church, spend a year just going round in meaningless circles. That's why we stop at the beginning of a year and set vision or strategy or look at the purposes of God for us as a people in this coming year. Now, the vision theme for this year is very simple. It's run, run. I want to write that over everything we do, not just run, but let's run our best lap yet. When I've been praying at the end of last year, 2021, this was the theme that was very strong on my life, but also for the church as we stepped into this new, wonderful, brand new year called 2022. Run, but not just run, run our best lap yet. So I really want you to catch that in your heart. That's the theme, that's the vision as we're moving forward. Now that's based, like I said, on what I'm hearing as I'm praying. I feel God saying to me and to us, come on, this is gonna be an incredible year. Don't crawl, don't bumble along. Have a run in your heart regarding the things that God wants to do with you, in you, and through you. I really believe that this is gonna be our best lap 
yet. So that's the theme, that's the vision as we move forward. Run our best lap yet. Now, we need to understand the importance of the season that we're in. When you read First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it speaks of a group of people called the, the men or the sons of Issachar, and it says of them that they knew the season that they were in, but also what they should do. That's how I want us to be responding in this year as a church, that we would be a people that know the season we're in, that we know the moment that we're in. But also, we're not just aware of the moment that we're in, but we're active doing the things that God would have us to do to make a difference for people in this season. We need to understand that there's been a seasonal change and we want to be true to the season that we're in, not the one that we're coming from. I really believe that we're coming out of that season of lockdown and the mentalities and the thinking of lockdown. We're coming out into a season where we've now got a job to do. We've got um, a big thing to do to God that's not going to take us walking gently out of the prison cell of lockdown, but rather us running with a passion in our heart concerning all that God wants to do now. In many ways, you know, that's what lockdown was, wasn't it? It was almost like a time of incarceration, a time of imprisonment. But I really believe that the doors of lockdown are now open and we shouldn't live as if we're still locked down, but rather we should live as a people that realise the doors have been opened. This is a new season. This is a moment where God's going to do incredible things with us and through us. I consider the story of Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. We're all familiar with the story of Joseph and even the stage play of Joseph. And there's a part in the storyline of Joseph where he's imprisoned. He's been imprisoned for something he didn't do wrong. He's been falsely accused. We've all had moments and seasons of that. He's in a prison because um, he's been lied about, but also things are out of his control. But what you notice about Joseph is he doesn't get depressed or downhearted. You don't find him in the storyline laying in the corner of the cave sucking his thumb complaining about everything that's gone wrong R rather you see a man who's ready for the door to open and when you read about the moment when the cupbearer comes before Pharaoh and begins to speak about the power of the gift upon Joseph's life in a moment when Pharaoh's confused about a dream that he's had you suddenly get this moment where it says and they sent for Joseph and the door was open and Joseph came out of the prison cell running, ready to run his best lap yet. Moments later, he's standing before the leader of the land, interpreting the dream, using the gifts that God had given him in leadership to help this leader of a nation understand his dream. Then you turn another page and the leader of the nation had made him second in charge only to him. Isn't that incredible? Joseph went from a lockdown moment where there was a shut prison door to the door suddenly opening and him coming into a new season of influence and effect. Listen, church, I really believe this is a new season. The doors that we knew of lockdown are now open and we need to live true 
to the run moment that God is giving us. Isn't that exciting? Because I really believe just as God used Joseph in a mighty way when he came out of that time of lockdown, God is going to use us as a church in all of our different locations, all the places that God has positioned us in England with online church in the Philippines in a way that we'll all be left at the end of this year going, wasn't that an incredible year? Didn't God do incredible things? Now, here's a key verse I want to give you <clears throat> for this year that we're now in and the vision of let's run our best lap. It's found in Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2. I love these verses because it speaks of those firstly who ran their best race before us. But then it turns the attention on us to also now run our best lap for God and his kingdom too. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses, that's the people who have lived full on for Jesus before us. It says, let us now throw off everything that hinders and sin that easily entangles. And this is the point I really want to labour today from these verses. And let us now run with perseverance the race that's been marked out for us. You see, the people that ran before us were true to the race that was marked out for them. And they had hearts where they had a desire to run, to run their best lap. What we want to do now is respond in our generation and say, Lord, we want perseverance and passion for the race that you have marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. For the joy who was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Those verses, as I said, are found in Hebrews 12. And they speak of others who ran their race. And they also speak of Jesus who ran his race that benefited us. But now also, it's our time. It's our race. It's our lap. So let's run it with passion and perseverance. We speak a lot about vision in the church, but actually this year, I feel it's more about mission than what it is vision. What's the difference? Well, vision actually serves something that's bigger than itself, which is mission. Vision is the outworking of our mission. And this year, more than ever, I want us, and I believe that the Lord wants us to concentrate on our mission. Yes, have visions that outwork it, but our focus, our passion needs to be upon the mission that he's given us, that he's given his church. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave a mission to the church. And it wasn't a suggestion. It was a mission, not a vision. It was something that he said, you're on the earth to do this, to achieve these things. You know, as I was preparing for today, I was drawn back to a book that I wrote 10 years ago now, and it was called God's Blueprint for His Church. Many of you have read it, many of you know about it. But in that book, my heart was stirred back to the blueprint of God for His Church and away from the blueprints that we have made concerning what we feel his church should be. And in writing that book 10 years ago, little did I know that it would be more relevant for today and the season that we're in today than what it was when I first wrote it. But 
It was a book that said, come on, let's leave other distractions. Let's understand what's merely good and let's concentrate on what is great. What is great? The things that God wants us to focus on. That's the mission that we want to be passionate about. Now, the key track lines to the mission that God's given us are found within the commissional verses of Matthew 28, 19 and Mark 16, 15. You've heard me share on these many times, but let's just remember again, within these commissional verses, the Lord is asking us to do specific things, not optional. He wants us to be busy communicating the gospel to people, baptizing people in water and in the Holy Spirit, um, healing the sick, seeing the sick healed and seeing people set free. We want to make sure that these verses are key track line verses that we run according to in this year. But also my focus was drawn to the verses that we read in Luke chapter 4 verses 18 to 19. And in these verses it's Jesus speaking about his purpose on the earth. But I want to look at that another way round and see it today that because the Holy Spirit lives in us, these verses are now about us and not just about him. These verses are well known again. They say the spirit of the Lord is on me, is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set oppressed people free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Like I said, when these verses were first spoken by Jesus, he was speaking of what he was on the earth to do because of the Holy Spirit upon him. But now when we use these verses, we need to include ourselves. That's what God would have us to do. That's why he filled us with his own spirit, his Holy Spirit. But when we read these verses today, we should be able to say the spirit of the Lord is upon us. The spirit of the Lord is upon family church. The spirit of the Lord is upon those who are in family church to be able to proclaim and communicate the good news to people that need to hear it, to see the poor set free, prisoners released, recovery of sight coming to those who are blind, oppression being broken, the proclamation of the Lord's year of favour. That's what I want us to be busy with, not just with vision, but with the mission that Jesus gave us as a 21st century church with a first century church DNA. Now, as a church, we want to stay passionate about the tracks of our race being, number one, seeing people connected to God. Not just in our meetings, but seeing our friends and our family come into a living, vibrant, life-changing relationship with Jesus. We also want to stay passionate to disciple-making, to being disciples, but also putting good time and effort into making disciples. And thirdly, to seeing lives healed, mended, liberated, set free by the power of God. Now, this fits well within the banner that we have on our website, which simply says, reach, grow, empower. This year, we want to be committed to the vision that God's given us as a blueprint church, a church that wants to honour him in all that we do, to reaching people, to growing people and to empowering people to be all that God has called them to be. So number one, what does that look like? It's about having a passion for seeing people saved. 
And again, not just in our meetings, but in the lifestyles that we live for God in our everyday worlds. As you know, I launched an initiative last year called Soul Winner, which was a call for every believer to see themselves as a soul winner for God, a person that God can use to reach their friends, their family, their neighbours, their community for Jesus and his kingdom. We're going to carry on being passionate about that because we really believe that that's the blueprint of Jesus for what he wants us to be doing this year. He wants us to be a soul winning church, helping people to get connected to relationships relationship with him. Now, that's also about us um, training people to be soul winners. And I want to encourage you throughout this year, we're going to be putting on the course that we developed called Soul Winner Bootcamp. If you've never done a Soul Winner Bootcamp, get signed up for one, because truly over five nights, you will be empowered to share Jesus with others and you will gain a confidence in being a soul winner. Also, we want to make sure that the gospel that we're preaching this year isn't watered down. It isn't compromised. We want a commitment to the gospel of the mission that brings a person from separation to being a part of the family of God. Also, we want to put a greater emphasis on water baptism. We want to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit as a part of their salvation, but also to bring water baptism to more of a focus. You know, normally in family church, we've done water baptisms as group events at beaches and at rivers at different times in the year. I've asked the pastors of family church to actually bring water baptism into a greater frequency within the lifestyle of who we are. I've actually asked that for those who have got buildings, like we've got the Empower Centre at Portsmouth, we've got the Empower Centre uh, um, at Haven't, and other buildings that the Lord's going to give us. I'm asking that we now build baptismals into those buildings so that when people are saved, born again, we don't have to wait a month. We don't have to wait two months. Almost within weeks, we can bring them to water baptism. Because remember, Jesus said to his disciples, the Blueprint Church, that we were to go out and uh, we were to preach the gospel and baptize people. So there's a passion within my heart to see all of our congregations having regular water baptisms as a part of us reaching people with the gospel. Now, water baptisms are always incredible meetings and times of celebrations. Amen. So the second part of what we're looking at is also having Sunday events that are built for you to bring people. What are we saying? We want you to be the best bringer you've ever been for Jesus. We want you to be the best inviter you've ever been for Jesus. We want you to be the best soul winner you've ever been for Jesus. And we want to provide some of our Sunday services not to be watered down, but to be really conducive for you to be bringing people. We're going to give you a lot of warning of when we're putting on certain services that are going to be perfect services as a church family for you to bring your friends and family to. So again, let's purpose when it comes to soul winning that we're going to run and also we're going to run our best lap yet. You know, we can all look back on laps that we've run and said it wasn't a good one. That doesn't matter. What about the one you're going to run now for Jesus? Come on, let's all purpose to run our best lap for the king and the kingdom that we've ever run. The second part of our focus, again, which is a part of the mission 
commission that Jesus said to us. Remember in the Great Commission, he said, go and preach the gospel, go and make disciples. We want a great focus on disciple making. That doesn't mean that we're going to have classrooms on disciple making alone, but rather we want to develop within the culture of family church in all of our congregations, a greater culture of disciple making. Number one, that we would have an incredible commitment to be disciples and followers of Jesus better and faster than ever before in our own lives, but also that we help other people to move from a moment of conversion into a moment of discovering God in a deeper way, becoming a follower. We don't want people just to be reached and left as converts, but rather we want to provide as a church everything they need to grow into the fullness of all that God has called them to be. Now, this isn't going to be just about meetings. It's going to be, like I said, about culture. We've developed another initiative, just like we developed Soul Winner for the soul winning aspect of our mission. We've also developed something called Disciple Maker, which isn't for a few people in Family Church. It's actually for every person who's a follower of Jesus. We want to equip you, train you and release you to be discipling other people that come to Family Church and find salvation. What would that look like? It could look like in the morning when we're meeting together or in one of our services when we're meeting together, a person responds and gives their life to Jesus. Straight away, we then give them a person who's a disciple maker. That's you. That's every person that's walked with God for any amount of time. And you then walk with that person to help them understand the first steps of being a Christian. So we're going to unpack that a lot more in the coming months. But that's called the Disciple Maker Initiative. Follows on from the Soul Winner Initiative all fitting in with the mission that God's given us as followers of his kingdom. Now, we also want to let you know about something exciting that's coming, two things regarding training. Number one, we've got a brand new discipleship course written by Pastor Stuart called Welcome Home. And this is replacing the discovery course that we had before. And it's really, really fresh exciting. It really carries the culture of who we are as a church, but also the values of scripture regarding what a person should know in the first steps of their salvation. That's called Welcome Home. And we're launching that within the next couple of weeks throughout the congregations. But also I want to let you in on something that really, really, really excites my heart. It almost feels like I've been born for this part of what we're doing next. We're going to open in September a ministry training school, which is a full-time ministry training school. So number one, we're going to have discipleship as a part of a culture of who we are in our connect groups, in our meetings, in how we do life together. Number two, we're going to have the new discipleship course called Welcome Home. But number three, we're going to also be opening up the doors to something that I'm calling the Forge Ministry School. Now, the Forge Ministry School really isn't like a Bible school. In the, our heart or my heart, the passion that God's given me is to pour everything that he's taught in me or to me over the last 30 years and the great men and women of God that run as a part of family church to pour that in 
to a group of individuals. So we want to open a ministry school called The Forge. And the motto is going to be, you know, lives fashioned for the purposes of God. Over the course of a year, I want to pour my life into 20 or 30 people that have taken a year out to seek God of how to be what he wants them to be, fashioned for his purposes. And that isn't just for ministry, but also for the business world. So if that's something that excites you, uh, get excited. Ask us about more information. We're looking to open the doors of our ministry school called The Forge in September. Also throughout the year, we're going to be putting on more modules, training modules, for people that want to grow in God, on identity, the kingdom of God, the will of God, hearing God. We're going to be putting on evening modules and daytime modules for those that want to increase in their knowing of God. So that's a couple of exciting things, isn't it? A new discovery course, our own ministry school, where we're going to pour our lives into a group of people that desperately want to do everything that God wants them to be in life, but also the training modules. It's going to be a year of discipleship. It's going to be incredible. But also that third part, which is about seeing more lives healed, seeing more lives set free and empowered by God. Again, we're not talking about our services alone. So often when we think about people being set free, being liberated, being released from things that have gripped their life, it can be relative to the meetings that we're in. Now, what we want to do is, again, be training people to be soul winners, encouraging, equipping people to be soul winners, encouraging people to be disciple makers, but also encouraging everyone in family church to have a confidence to pray for the sick, to pray for people who are in captivity, pray for people that are currently in some manner of oppression. Remember the verses that we read from Luke 4, that the spirit of the Lord is now upon us to communicate good news, to release prisoners, to set those who are oppressed free in Jesus' name. So again, there's going to be training provided for that. Isn't that exciting? So this year, it's not so much about a vision, it's about a mission. It's about the mission that Jesus gave to his church, that's you and me, 2,000 years ago. A mission that he's never changed, he's never replaced, that he still has an expectation upon his people to be living true to. What we want to say this year is, come on, let's not come out of the season that we've known just dragging our feet or bumbling along, but let's find within our hearts a run. Yes, God, this is going to be the best lap that family church church has ever run. You know, this year we're celebrating in October 25 years of being a church. Isn't that incredible? We're going to do some kind of celebration around September, October to celebrate that landmark of 25 years of being a church. But you know what? In my heart, this is my prayer. Thank you for the last 24 laps, Lord. But let this lap, our 25th lap, this year we're in, be our best run ever. Let this year be the best lap we've ever run. But I don't want it just to be the best lap for us as a church. I also want it to be the best lap for you as a person, you as a family. I'm really believing that the people of Family Church will run their best race individually this year, as well as running the race of our church together. Now, that means that we need to all be ready 
to, like I said, forget laps that lay behind us that were average, okay. Some of them were downright bad. Let's forget the laps that have gone behind our lives and awaken with fresh perseverance and passion. Lord, this year for you and me and the things that you want me to do, this is going to be my best lap yet. We want everyone in Family Church to be running to win the crown that Jesus says he has for them. Did you know that there's a crown that Jesus has for you? Now, like I said, when we talk about running and running our best yet, a lap yet, that can be relevant to us as a church, a community, a family of people, but it's also relevant to every single believer that's a part of this church family. Did you know that the Bible says there is a crown for you to win? Not in this life, but according to what you do with your life in this life. When we talk about crowns in today's way of living, it's about a reward here and now. No, Jesus says that there's a crown that he wants to give to every believer that ran their race, their lap for him while they were alive in the here and now. I don't know about you, I want the crown that Jesus says he wants me to obtain by the life I live. Now this year, my attention was brought back to the whole thought of the winner's crown when I was at the funeral of my dear friend, Pastor Colin Urquhart, who passed away, as you know, in 2021. And when I was at his funeral, God used that moment to really stir my heart regarding this thought that there remains a crown that Jesus wants to give every person that's been faithful to the race that he's given them. As a part of the tribute service to Pastor Colin, we had people who were sharing about the impact that what God did through him had upon their life. But then they finished with this verse. And it was when I was listening to this verse, something fresh jumped in me about a desire to run in such a way to obtain this crown that Jesus says he wants to give to the believer that's living faithful to him. It says the words of Paul, who was indeed a man who ran his own race. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near. And then Paul said this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Listen to this. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, the winner's crown, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Now here's the bit I want you to listen to. And not me alone, not only me, but also to all or everyone who has longed for his appearing. You find those verses in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. Did you hear what Paul was saying? He said, I finished the race that God gave me to run. I want every person in family church one day in the future to be able to say to the Lord and to say to the family and the people around them, I'm going to heaven now because I've run the race that God had me to run while I was on the earth. But also to be able to say like Paul did, and there now awaits for me a crown that Jesus has stored up for me 
because I chose to live my life for him. Now, when you look at that word crown, there's two words used for crown in scripture. One's called diadem, and that's the crown that belongs to Jesus. This crown that Paul refers to comes from the word Stephanos, and it means the winner's crown. It's the crown that belongs to the person that competed in a race and won. That's its definition according to how the Greek uh, understood the word Stephanos and this word crown that Paul used. It's the crown that belongs to the person that ran their best race. My heart is that every single person in Family Church would run their race for God this year and run to run their best lap yet not driven by motivations of this life. If you do this, we do this. If you do that, God will do this. But rather to have this simple drive within ourselves that Jesus says that there's a crown, a winner's crown, stored up and waiting for every person that takes their race on this earth for him seriously. For people that say, I may have run bad laps in my past, but this year I am going to run my best lap for Jesus ever. So when we look at running this race, we understand that Jesus promised us as well as Paul that there's a crown that awaits those who run. Doesn't that excite you? There was a quote made by Queen Victoria once that stirred my heart. And Queen Victoria said this, she said, I long for the return of Jesus Christ during my reign so that I can take my crown and cast it at his feet. Isn't that a beautiful quote by Queen Victoria? Listen, I want us, Family Church, to be running personal races for the Lord, races which are our best lap yet, but come from a desire to one day see the crown that Jesus promised to those who would run, that we could all together then take the crowns that were the result of the life that we lived here and together throw them at his feet as we declare crown him with many crowns. The final thing I want to say as we close today is I really believe prophetically this is a year where we'll be running in rest. You say, wait a moment, now you've confused me, Andy. Running in rest, that's like an oxymoron. That's like running, rest. The two words don't belong together. I believe they do. I believe that the Lord is saying to us, run. Run your best lap yet. But it's not going to be about what we achieve in our strength, what we achieve with our best effort. Rather, as we're faithful to move from the stands of watching to being on the track of what he wants to do, we're all going to experience throughout our congregations this year what God is going to do in 22. He's going to provide the energy. He's going to provide the miracle open doors. He's going to provide the breakthroughs and the breakout that we need to run our best lap yet. But what he's saying to us is, come on, don't be seated in the stadium. Come and join God's people on the track. Come onto the track with a heart that says, Lord, I'm going to run my best lap yet. And as we do, we're going to be running in rest. And again, that is a strange statement, but not for us as kingdom people. We're going to be running this year 
expecting and experiencing a year of supernatural favor and acceleration, a year where we watch God do incredible things before our eyes, a year where we take the responsibility to run, but our confidence is we're gonna run in rest, Lord, and see you bring to pass everything you said you want to do through us. So this year, as we get ready to step into the next that God's got for us, we haven't so much got a vision that will last 12 months. Rather, I want you to focus on the mission. Why are we here? To see people saved, to see people discipled, to see people set free. Why are we here? Well, we're all here to run our best lap yet for Jesus. And as we do, I believe that we will come to the end of this year as a house of testimonies, just laughing and joking and praising God for the incredible things we saw him do through our lives. God bless. <laughs>